0: We are still in our series through Deuteronomy. Uh, we've been going through over the summer. It's supposed to be a June and July series. I decided to make it a June, July, August, September series because Deuteronomy is just so fascinating to me, right? And so if you've missed a few weeks and you're here and you're like, oh, I thought we'd be on something else by now, don't worry. Get, get settled back in. You know, you got your, your fall rhythms, you know, you're back from traveling or wherever you got to go. Um, we are loving understanding who God is through the laws that he gave to his people in the book of Deuteronomy. We had the privilege of traveling back twice to Wisconsin. That's where Sherry's family is from. Uh, And we make a lot of good memories every summer. Uh, We got the opportunity to fly twice. Uh, Normally, if we're going back twice, one of those is going to be a drive. Uh, We were able to find some cheap flights, uh, but it was not without uh, incident. You know, one of these flights was one of those early morning Southwest flights, you know, where the security lines aren't open, but you're like waiting by the baggage claim just to go through. And, and Sherry and the boys get um, TSA pre-check. Um, I don't. And so I'm literally like like calling her on the phone, you know, and she's like, how much longer do you have? You know, they're boarding. I'm like, ah, uh, probably about 25 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, not, it's not going, you know. And I literally sprinted through the terminal like they do in the movies, you know. And then they're like, oh, here you are, sir. And then they like shut it. And I was, I mean, I almost like passed out on the plane. It was terrible. Like you can ask, you can ask Sherry. And you know, my like kids are crying and stuff, you know, they pretend like they love me and stuff, you know, but... It all worked out. It all worked out. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I can say it. They're not here. They're in, they're in, their, cl- <laughs> they're in their classes. No, it, it, it's a big mess, you know, and Sherry and I, like, we'd rather not be at the airport longer than we have to be, right, because you got kids running around, and then, you know, you got those awkward chairs, right? So imagine these chairs, but they're, like, turned toward each other, you know, and so you're sitting there waiting for your flight, you know, and you're like, oh, hey, <laughs> You know, that like you're eating in front of someone, you know, but there's no tables. So, you know, you're like <laughs> dropping, you know, lettuce on your beard and stuff. It's, it's a new one for me this year. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not enjoyable. That's how I always knew airplane flying to be until uh, I got my first job out of college. I worked for a healthcare software company. And some of my friends were a part of the, uh, the group that would fly all the time, every single week. And they told me that there's a whole different way to experience airports. I mean, I didn't believe them at first, right? But then they said, well, hold on. I I have a guest pass, you can come with me. And so one time on a plane, I went past doors that I always have seen and they they turned and we walked right through it. They showed this little ID, and in we went and it was this spacious room. There were like nice chairs. It was like um, different like areas where you could sit. It wasn't like all like crowded together. There were TVs, you could watch whatever you wanted. There were snacks on the counter. Someone came up to me and asked, do you want a drink? I'm like, oh, how much is it? It's free. And I was like, what is this place? You know, it's, it's this, this like semi-secret club called the Star Alliance Members Club. You know, the elite. You know, it's here, you know, If you got status on these planes, you can actually go into this completely different experience from the airport. And they, and they make sure to make it feel different. You know, it's uh, much quieter. I mean, they put walls up. Like even, even the doors had that like frosted glass on it. So you can't even like like see what's through it, you know, so me, like a regular plebeian, like, hey, I mean, you know, I'm just running through the airport, like, I mean, it's probably for, for staff or something like that. No, it turns out it's just this amazing sanctuary within the airport. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you schedule a layover, right? You know, just to stay in there. You know, but, but, but there's, there's certain things that separate it from the rest. You know, I mean, it's behind glass doors and walls. You have to have a membership to get in. Uh, they wouldn't allow me and my family to be in there, right? I mean, I couldn't have a three-year-old running around and jumping on the chairs. It's like, no, this is a place that's going to be for a certain purpose of relaxation. It's going to be different than everything that you see in the terminal, all that chaos and all those families down there that, you know, can't keep their kids sitting in a chair for two hours. You know, I don't know why, um, but what, what this is illustrating is a concept we don't talk about very much in our life. It's the concept of something being holy, different, set apart for a specific purpose. Uh, I don't use that word holy to talk about different things uh, in life. Uh, we kind of restrict it just to church, uh, just to worship, just to God. Uh, and so I think we sometimes have a maybe difficult idea when we say God is holy. Well, what do you exactly mean? Uh, That's the concept we're going to be studying today. We've been going through these specific laws in Deuteronomy. What do they reveal about who our God is? Because the Israelites were called to reflect God's character to the world. So we're studying how did God tell them to reflect that character in order to know God better. And then, of course, we ask ourselves, are we still supposed to reflect this? How are we supposed to reflect this? That's where we're going to be going today with this concept of holiness. Holiness. Uh, Before we start and jump right in, uh, let me invite you to bow your heads, bow your hearts, and let's invite God to speak to us through his word this morning. Dear Lord, um, you are holy. I pray that you would reveal that holiness to us. I pray that you would speak to us through your word this morning. Give us uh, ears to hear and allow our hearts to be uh, submissive and listening, uh, responsive to what you have for us this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so the very first laws that we come to that deal with this separation between things that are holy and things that are kind of more normal, regular, profane, uh, comes in chapter 14 with a concept that was uh, dealt with extensively in Leviticus. If you guys did extra homework and read all of Leviticus as well, it's the concept of things being clean or unclean, uh, in particular, the food. Uh, this is a fun one. Again, uh, like most of the passages that we read, it's probably not one that you've read a morning devotion on because, well, you'll see. All right, I'm gonna read uh, Deuteronomy 14:1 through 20. Um, and just listen, these are the laws concerning what foods the Israelites could eat. You are the children of the Lord your God. Do not cut yourselves or shave the front of your heads for the dead, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. Do not eat any detestable thing. These are the animals you may eat. The ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the ibex, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. You may eat any animal that has a divided hoof and that chews the cud. However, of those that chew the cud or that have a divided hoof, you may not eat the camel, the rabbit, or the hyrax. Although they chew the cud, they do not have a divided hoof. They are ceremonially unclean for you. The pig is also unclean. Although it has a divided hoof, it does not chew the cud. You are not to eat their meat or touch their carcasses. Of all the creatures living in the water, you may eat any that has fins and scales, but anything that does not have fins and scales you may not eat, for it is unclean. You may eat any clean bird, but these you may not eat the eagle, the vulture, the black vulture, the red kite, the black kite, any kind of falcon, any kind of raven, the horned owl, the screech owl, the gull, any kind of hawk, the little owl, the great owl, the white owl, the desert owl, the osprey, the cormorant, the stork, any kind of heron, the hoopo, and the bat. All flying insects are unclean to you, do not eat them, but any winged creature that is clean you may eat. That's the reading. (laughs) All right, now when we get to something like this, what in the world does this have for us today? You know what I'm saying? Like, this to me is one of those puzzling passages where uh, I was telling people even beforehand, translators struggle with this passage. They're clearly listing out different kinds of animals, uh, but what, what they exactly called very sp- like the roe deer, right? I mean, how many like, the roe deer, the wild goat, you know, the, the antelope, the ibex mountain sheep. They're like, I, I think these are right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know what they're referring to here. And so if you've ever heard anyone teach on this, or perhaps you've read a book, or you do have somehow a devotional, uh, most of the time Christians try to figure out Why are certain animals clean and other animals unclean? And so you'll hear different things. Uh, You know, they were supposed to stay away from the animals that were part of pagan sacrifices, you know, or like some sort of religious practice. Okay, don't touch those okay, yeah, that would make sense. Or, you know, you look at the the birds. Uh, A lot of the birds that are listed are birds of prey, right? And so, you know, God says you aren't supposed to touch any dead animals. You can't eat any animals. uh, You can't eat the blood within an animal. And so maybe there's some connection between a vulture that's, you know, just been burying its face in a carcass. You can't eat that. You know, that's going to be unclean. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Others might point to you know, the, the creatures living in the water, uh, you know, only eat the kind of the, the normal looking ones. <laughs> you know, if it's got fins and scales, eat those, but no octopuses and crabs and lobsters and the weird looking ones. You know, that, that because God likes order, right? And so then there's some sort of, perhaps we're trying to reflect God's desire for order instead of chaos. Um, or, or, you know, even with the pigs. You know, people say pigs carry certain sicknesses, and so God's protecting them from a hygienic standpoint. Um, all these might be true might be reflected here, but, but here's the thing. Whenever, whenever you read the Bible, you have to understand what is it saying, uh, what is its context, and anytime that you're trying to add meaning to it that's not there, uh, just know that you're going past what it's saying. What the Bible is saying here over and over is that there's a distinction, there's a separation, there's a line between the clean and the unclean. And God is defining it very clearly. This one in, this one in, this one in, this one out, this one out, this one out. All right, how are you going to decide in the sea? All right, so these are all going to be clean. These are going to be out. Birds, clean, unclean. There is a separation. There is a difference between the holy and the profane, the sacred and the secular. That's the key point that we're seeing, is that there is a separation. It's, you know, there is a separate club, right? An airline club. There's a wall. There's a door, right? These are the things that are going to be in here. These are out here. It's organization, right? There, there is a separateness. Israelites, you must understand that there is going to be a difference between these things. C- certain ones are going to be allowed. Certain ones you are not. It extends beyond uh, just what you eat, um, in that chapter 22, there's those various laws we talked about. Um, there's a few more various laws that have to do with a dividing line on what is, what is going to be considered okay and what is not going to be okay. Turn it on first, and then I won't be frustrated that it's not working. Yes! I mean, if you use it the right way, it works. All right. Deuteronomy 25, I'm doing verse 5, 9, 10, and 11. All right. A woman must not wear men's clothing, uh, nor a man wear women's clothing for that Uh, for the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. Now again, uh, you know, we look at a present culture and we're like, oh, I know what he's talking about. We have no clue what what this law is about. I I don't know, was this part of a religious practice? Were people doing it? Were other pagan cultures doing it? Why is God saying this? I don't know, but we know that God says this mixture won't happen. It's this this line of separation between how the genders express themselves. Those are gonna remain separate and there's not gonna be a blending here, right? So it's another law that has to do with this separation. What what is gonna be okay and what's not okay and God is saying these certain things, these cultural expressions are gonna be okay. These are not gonna be okay. There's a separation. Nine, 10, 11, similarly. Uh, Also kind of confusing. Do not plant two kinds of seed in your vineyard. If you do, not only the crops you plant, also the fruit of the vineyard will be defiled. This one's odd. It's like, okay, so one type of seed per plot of land, you know, it's the separation, you know, so we don't want to do some sort of blending. God's saying, let it be separate. Um, I have a question though, because this is a really actually a fun verse. That last word about be defiled, does anyone have a version that says something else? There's a few, but it's not the usual ones when I look them up. I'm I'm just wondering, I'm really just wondering what versions you guys are reading. This is the way that I do it, you know? I'm kidding. Forfeited. Forfeited. Okay, so you have yield will be forfeited. This is at the end of verse 9. Anything else? I'll just tell you what I'm getting at. You guys can keep looking if you want. Uh, That last word is actually the word for to be made holy, like in the Hebrew. Uh, it just sounds funny if you're like, I thought he's saying don't do it, otherwise it'll be made holy. And so some people say it's forfeited or forfeited to the sanctuary, as in if you do this, that food now becomes only good for a tithe. You can only take it to the temple, and that's God's. You can't actually eat that, right? So it will be uh, kind of too holy for you, right? So not, not just the clean, unclean kind of thing, but rather saying this, this will then be set aside for God. Either way, God is drawing a line saying you can't do this, uh, your life, in terms of how you plant, is going to be dictated uh, by God's holiness, and what He decides is going to be good or bad. Um, if you guys are those people that like studying passages after uh, you hear about them on, on Sunday morning, this is a good one to mark. It's, it's fun. There's a lot. There's a lot to it. All right. Here's the next verse, though. Uh, do not yoke an ox with a don- or do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoke together. Um, this might remind some of you of Paul's letter where he says, do not be unequally yoked. He probably has this law in mind. An ox is a clean animal. A donkey is an unclean animal. God says, don't put those together. You're going to keep these separate in your life. The last one, do not wear clothes of wool and linen woven together. Again, I've heard this one uh, as an example of why we shouldn't follow the Bible, right? Because people say, well, look, doesn't the Bible say you can't wear polyester blends? Look at the back of your tag. It's only 90% cotton. Another 10% Latex or something, I don't know, whatever, whatever you're making. This one might be all cotton though. It feels pretty soft. No, no. But here's the thing, here's the thing. So again, you see that there's this blending that God is saying that's gonna be off limits. Uh, But like the vineyard, see here here's the thing. If we look at that defiled word, if we were to say that it's actually made holy, there is one place where God commands the Israelites to make blended fabric. It's in the priestly garments. They were called to use Uh, both linen and fabric, I think it just kind of says. And so if there's a blend, that makes it sanctified, holy. That's going to be set apart for use for God. So you guys, you guys can't blend these things. No, we only have that over here in this, in this category of holiness. The key point in all of these verses is not to figure out why, (laughs) you know, like, okay, well, why, why did he not want two types of seeds? What, what's the meaning of this, right? Or, why not the cormorant to eat? You know, it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not where the payout is. It's understanding that God is drawing very sharp lines through everyday life, through what you eat, through what you wear, through how you work. Things you do every single day, it's going to reflect this understanding that there's a holiness. There's a separation between what's holy, what's profane, sacred, the secular, clean, unclean. There's a couple different ways that God wants the Israelites' life to reflect the separation. Uh, one is in, in dealing with God himself. He is holy. And so you see anything having to do, do with worship, to do with the temple, to do with sacrifices, there's this holiness code. Uh, you, like you, you can't come into the temple unless you're ceremonially clean. This is, um, again, concepts I'm not going to get into all that much, but man, if we did a series on Leviticus, maybe next summer, yeah, you know, like we'd learn all about, we'd learn all about God's holiness and what he's requiring, right? So, so there's the everyday life, which you can, you can just go about. But when you go to things that are going to be closely connected to God, we're going to take special precautions. The same way that when I bring my family to the airport, everything's totally fine. But when I go into this superstar alliance elite club, okay, now we need to set some things aside and, and, and we're going to act a certain way and we're going to gain certain blessings that they've created for this elite status. Uh, The other way that they're being sanctified or holy is that their lifestyle and all these little things, right, the way they eat, the way they dress, the way they work, is going to be different than everyone else, right? So all the other nations don't have these rules because they don't really care because there's not this holiness of a God who said, you will be my people, and therefore they themselves, the the, the people, Israel, will stand out. They will be separate. There won't be be this mixing between the foreigner. You know, the, the verse after the one I read about 21 says, Uh, do not eat anything you find already dead. You may give it to the foreigner residing in any of your towns, and they may eat it, but you are a people holy to the Lord your God. So it's saying you, I've picked you to be separate, different. I'm not saying, and even, even when we read it, we said this was unclean for you. God's not saying that there's some overall morality that he has entered into the world that he's created that that sets apart these animals. He's saying, no, no, for you, for you, because I'm making you guys separate from the world. And so it's that idea of the separation for a specific purpose and for a specific God that's behind all of these rules that doesn't want blending, that wants this to be a a very sharp order. That's what we need to hear when we read these laws and we're confused about what does it mean. And now there's one one other key point uh, that we kind of glossed over. Um, like, why? Why does God want holy? You know, like, why, why do we have to, you know, it feels so tedious, right? You know, can you, can you imagine, like, being a kid in school, and it's like, all right, was the hoopoe clean or unclean? You know, how about the bluebird? You know, and you're like, ah, man, I forget that one. You know, it's like, there's so many things that you'd have to memorize, you know, if you were going to be a kid living in here. Um, why? Why go through such fine detail in every aspect of our lives? That's back at the beginning of chapter 14. Let's make the key point first. <laughs> That's what I planned last night. Uh, here, this is the point of why God is saying we're supposed to be holy. It's because he is. We, we reflect his character. This is what we've been saying this entire you know, month is, is that we reflect who God is. God is holy. He is set apart. He's distinct from his creation. Therefore, we reflect it. Um, and here's how he says it uh, at the beginning of chapter 14 you are the children of the Lord your God. Uh, Then a, a comment on mourning practices. Do not cut yourselves or shave the front of your heads for the dead, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the people on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. I have to make a funny comment. And then we'll get back to the series. Okay, about that, the front of your heads for the dead, shave the front of your heads for the dead. The Hebrew for that is the uh, between your eyes. You know, it's the same concept when, you're, when we're in chapter six and it says always keep the, you know, the, the law in your hearts and, and on your foreheads, but, but really it's um, between your eyes. So it's really saying you can't shave your unibrow. I mean, come on guys, it's in there. They, translators are trying to save us, but I got to reveal truth up here, you know? I'm kidding, don't pluck, don't. None of that, <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, that is what it says, but it, it's, it's a phrase meaning your forehead. Anyway, the main point of these passages that we're trying to look at, though, is that we're children of the Lord, that we're chosen by God, right? Or at least the Israelites are, right? That they were his treasured possession. See, a lot of people, we read the law, and we say, wow, that is tedious. You know, God required them to do all these things as if God is essentially like, here's a tryout, right? Do all these things, and if you're holy enough, I'll let you into, the, into my little club, you know, it's like like these are the, the law, these are the behaviors, the rules, you gotta follow these. And if you do, then yeah, come on in, yeah, enjoy everything that I have to offer you, right? But this is it's reverse, it's reverse. He says, I have chosen you as my children. These are very intimate terms, right? Not just my possession, you're my treasured possession, right? You're not just my servants, you're my children, right? You know, I wasn't forced here with you, but no, I've chosen you. Uh, these are how God couches all these rules. Therefore, therefore, now that you're here here's what we'll do. This is what it'll look like. Let me illustrate it. Um, I'm not a dog owner. Uh, you might know that. I know a lot of you are. A uh, lot of dog owners that I come in contact with. Uh, I was out at the park with all three of my kids. Uh, we're walking along a path, and I noticed behind us uh, there's a biker coming with a dog off leash, um, running right, right alongside the, the path, uh, by the bike. Um, our boys are kind of taking the entire sidewalk. So I'm, hey, boys, let's scoot over and give some room. Um, Due to an incident, not all of our boys are keen on uh, dogs. <laughs> so they, they kind of give a wide berth, right? And, and they'll let it pass. And I'm kind of watching, making sure everything's cool. But that dog, I'm telling you, it just goes right on by. It doesn't pay us any attention. Knows exactly where it's going. It's almost like as soon as it passed us, it, it got a little more freedom. Um, it went a little ahead and it, it kind of led the biker where they were going next. And then the owner's like, all right, up this way, you know, and phew, off it goes. It was running right in step with the owner. No problem without a leash. Uh, incredibly obedient, right? Responsive, understood exactly where its owner was going, and off it went. Now, I have no clue. I have no clue. i would never seen this person before. I don't know where he got the dog. I don't know if it's a gift from a friend. He got, got it from the pound as a rescue, bought it as a puppy from a breeder, or whatever it is. But I have a question for you. When he first got that dog, was it that obedient? Right? I'm not a dog owner. You guys got to help me out. Right? But from my understanding is that he didn't go into the pound, run around a bit and pick the dog that was following him in step. You know, like everywhere he go, come this way, boy. Oh, well, he's the one. He's the one clearly, right? It's like, you don't go to a breeder. You have a bunch of these little puppies and the one that sit, you know, and just like stay in there. No, no, that's not how it works. Right? No, he makes the selection first and says, this will be mine. This is the one you are mine. I will treasure you as my possession and now we will work together in order that I might be able to take you out in the park and you might be able to run alongside me. No matter what the distractions are, you and me are so closely connected, I don't even need to give you a tight law and keep you connected. No, I can trust that we will walk together because our hearts are together. You understand me. That's what God's saying. I've I've chosen you. You are mine and therefore we will go like this and off we go running. All right, so God wanted them to be holy because he is holy. What about us, (laughs) right? You know, like, uh, do we still have to do this? You know, we've looked at previous weeks, uh, a lot of what we see in the Old Testament in Deuteronomical law, Deuteronomic, Deuteronomic, don't look it up. (laughs) Uh, We see that that is um, rephrased, rephrased, it's, it's emphasized, it's affirmed in the New Testament. Jesus is saying, yeah, all those laws still apply. It's just you might have misinterpreted what they mean. This law, you might be surprised, uh, is actually done away with. The, the, the clean and unclean food. Jesus himself says, yeah, you don't have to do that anymore. Fascinating, really. Here's what I'm talking about. Mark chapter 7. Uh, here's a story. Uh, again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, uh, listen to me. Everyone, and understand this, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After uh, he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For uh, For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body in saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Like Mark, Mark makes that note. He's like, okay, just in case you didn't catch it, Jesus was essentially saying we could eat whatever we want. So like, get off our backs. Yeah. You know, but, but Jesus is essentially saying like, hey, the, that, that dividing line, right, between you and the rest of the world, that, that the way that you eat, yeah, you don't have to do that anymore. Really? It's it's affirmed throughout the rest of the Bible. Acts chapter 10. There's a story where God reveals to Peter, one of the disciples, in a vision because Peter didn't quite get it. No, all food, all food is clean to you, but not just the fact that they can eat whatever they want. That dividing line between you and everyone else, the Jews and the Gentiles, that's gone. That's Ephesians chapter 2. I'm telling you, it's all over. So so this dividing line separating the Israelites or the Jews now as a holy people to God is gone. The reasoning because of Jesus Christ. You see, because when he died on the cross, he made all of us holy. All of the uncleanliness in our hearts, all of the sin that separates us from God, right? When he's he's in the temple, he's holy. You can't just come to him. Well, now you can. And Jesus, this, this is literally why we exist as a church, right is is because of his sacrifice on the cross by his blood we are all made clean we are all made holy and now both Jew and Gentile have access to God the Father and Jesus it's it's fascinating so no longer do we have to follow these codes to figure out well are we holy are we not because we need to reflect his holiness you know and so now we can just do whatever we want because we're already holy in Jesus right wait, what? You know, hold, wait, slow down, slow down. Is that what you're saying, Pastor Brad? Not quite. Here, let's go back to the, the phrase. We are holy because God is holy. Is God still holy, like today? Yes, 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 absolutely, same God. All right, um, do we have to be holy because God is holy? Yes, yes, we do, we do. We still have to be holy. All right, But but the real question is, Do I have to do something to be holy? Or do I just trust in Jesus and his death on the cross to be holy? Yeah, I think so, right? It's becoming harder and harder to answer, right? The Bible is clear that we are made holy in Jesus. Also, our lives must align with God's holiness. Here's how Peter put it He's the guy that saw that vision in Acts chapter 10 that I didn't read for you. You just got to trust me, or you can read it this afternoon. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And that's a quote from Leviticus. Peter knows that we are actually supposed to walk in holiness, resist those things that are unholy, in our lives. And it's not because Peter forgot that we're already made holy. In fact, he says it's because of that very fact that we were made holy in Jesus. These are the next verses. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with uh, perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish, Or defect. See, Peter is saying, because you're such a treasured possession, because you're chosen children, because of the great cost at which God has redeemed you out of your unholiness, therefore live in that holiness. Make it be true. This is who you are. Like he chose you. You you are his treasured possession, like that guy with his dog. So now let us train and walk so I don't need to give you a law with a leash dragging you around, do this, do that. No, let's, let's live in a way where you can run alongside me, unleashed. And, and to the good, no one has to be worried because you're right in step. You know my heart. That's what God wants for us. We are holy because God is holy. We're called to holiness in every aspect of our life. Those principles from the Old Testament are very much what we are to do today. Uh, the only question is, okay, well then what what do we do <laughs> what does that look like right i want to end this morning by reading through the end of that mark chapter 7 passage because jesus tells the disciples these are the things that make you unclean it's not food and there's like a list of like a dozen different things uh, i want to read them very slowly and i want to create some space for you to talk to god individually in your chair where you can set your bibles down you can close your eyes you can pray you can do whatever you want but as I read it, I'll pause and just ask God, okay, what does this look like for me? What does holiness in this area of my life look like? Just give me an example And for every single one. Listen, I know we spend a lot of time discussing with each other. Um, I think it's important that we also create space to hear from God. We recognize his presence is here. His word is still living and active. His spirit is present. He wants to talk with you this morning. Uh, so let's invite him in as I read the very end of Mark uh, chapter 7. Sorry, I didn't have a bookmark. So verse 19 through 23. For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. And saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. And here's the list Sexual immorality, theft. Murder, adultery, greed, Malice, deceit, lewdness. Envy. Slander. Arrogance. Folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Lord, may you guide us into your holiness. May you show us how we can be holy in each of these areas. Show us how not to compromise and how not to take our cues from the world or even other Christians that we feel are doing it good enough. May our standard be you, God. Uh, May we hear from you about how you want us to go so that we can run right alongside you, knowing exactly where you're going and be able to follow that path on our own. I thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that has made us holy. I thank you that you don't wait for us to prove that we're good enough to, to be your treasured possession, Lord, but that you have already claimed us by the blood of Jesus. May we recognize that gift and live into that. We invite your spirit into our lives in order that we might reflect your holiness in all areas of our life. In your name we pray, Lord, amen. All right, I've only got one question for you this week as opposed to the standard three questions, Um, and I invite you to turn to a neighbor and share. The one question is this. Uh, It's just giving an example of something you heard or something you feel. uh, What's one example of how God's people can reflect his holiness in our lives? So turn to someone uh, that you didn't come here with and just share Here's, here's one way, in one of those categories where we can reflect God's holiness. And then I'll dismiss you now, but feel free to stay as long as you guys like. Go this week, choosing to be holy because our God himself is holy. Uh, go this week in the Lord's peace.